A minimal creed, an ample science, and maximal faith. That is our aim. Welcome to Experiential Theology, the podcast where we investigate and talk about the relation between human experience and knowledge of God. Welcome back to the Experiential Theology podcast. This is episode 23. Today, as many of you know, is November 23rd, 2021. And on November 23rd of 654, something very fiery occurred. We're talking about Pascal, Blaise Pascal, the French scientist, mathematician, and theology nerd, it seems. He had a profound life-shaping experience on November 23rd, 1654, which is like 360 years ago or so. All right, Ben. So what happened then? Tell us. Okay. So let's, um, Pascal had an experience, a religious experience, and he wrote something down, which we now call um, Pascal's memorial. And We'll read the English translation of it together in a moment here. And if I understand correctly, Pascal kept this thing close. He kept a copy of this, what we're about to read, in his jacket. Uh, and I understand that he also kept it a secret uh, for, for his life. This is something that was a personal reminder to him of something important that happened on the 23rd of November. And I'm interested in it because it's really remarkable. It's a remarkable piece of writing it's very intimate uh and it's and it's right up the alley for for experiential theology to react to it one way or the other okay are you ready to uh for me to read it i'm ready go ahead all right the year of grace 1654 monday 23rd november Feast of St. Clement, Pope and Martyr, and others in the Martyrology, Vigil of St. Chrysogenus, Martyr and others. From about half past 10 at night until half past midnight. Fire, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, not of the philosophers and of the learned. Certitude, certitude, feeling, joy, peace, God of Jesus Christ, my God and your God, your God will be my God, forgetful of the world and of everything except God. He is only found by the ways taught in the gospel, grandeur of the human soul. Righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. Joy, 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 tears of joy. I have departed from him. They have forsaken me, the fount of living water. My God, will you leave me? Let me not be separated from him forever. This is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God, and the one that you sent, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I left him. I fled him, renounced, crucified. Let me never be separated from him. He's only kept securely by the ways taught in the gospel. 
renunciation, total and sweet, complete submission to Jesus Christ and to my director, eternally enjoy for a day's exercise on the earth, not to forget your words. Amen. Okay. So that, that was the whole thing, right? That's it. So apparently, from what we know, he never revealed this to people, right? I, I don't think so. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, imagine uh, imagine what what would possess somebody to to write this down and then keep it close and keep it secret for the rest of their life. Well, I guess we should we could discuss it a little bit uh, and discuss some of the things that we notice in there. The first line, um, well, the first little bit, it's very specific, it's telling us when it happened. So he's he's keeping track of, of something that really happened to him. Um, and then the the opening word, all the, the one word to describe what has happened is fire. It almost, I almost uh, feel chills when I read this, <laughs> at least for the first few lines. Yeah. And then he starts talking about uh, this fire, and it's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, not of the philosophers and of the learned. And uh, I, I really love that. I, Pascal was a learned person. He was a philosopher. But he had this humbling experience where being a philosopher, being among the learned was um, was not what what he needed in order to in order to receive um, receive this fire. that the God of the God that he's addressing is is best described as fire, not something that can be. Uh, attained to through through philosophy and learning mm. yeah and there's something beautiful about the god of abraham isaac and jacob because it's a it's specificity once again it's it's saying the god of these people um, the god who has a history not the god who's eternally the same um, because it can be derived from first principles in philosophy It it reminds me a little bit of St. Thomas Aquinas. I have heard that towards the end of his life, he had some kind of vision where he looked back upon all his intellectual labor and his theology as basically straw compared to the greatness of God. And he had almost come to the point of regretting writing everything he wrote about God because he had this experience, this similar religious experience where he realized that it fell so much, it fell short of the greatness and majesty of God in that hour or moment of contemplation that he had. Yeah. It 
the the biblical picture of God from many from many perspectives uh, that are available in the Bible are is is such that being in the presence of God is is to be in danger. It's to feel a sense of danger, to feel the sense of fire that you may be consumed. And uh, that's not how you feel doing philosophy. Doing philosophy, at least from the little bit that I've tried to do, you mostly feel a smug sense of I'm a smart person. <laughs> you don't have the same sense of of jeopardy of of not being worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that you point out that again, Pascal was a scholar. He was a smart person. He was a genius, in fact. But something happened then. Something happened then that night that made him say basically that God is accessible to the ev- to everyone, not just the scholars, the philosopher, but to every the every man person, everyday person. So I as I read this, I'm thinking like, what's the Christology of this memorial here? <laughs> Maybe that's the wrong question to ask, but I'll ask it anyway. And I noticed that towards the the fourth, fifth, sixth line uh, after the fire line, he starts to address the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has become the God of Jesus Christ. And he Mm -hmm. begins to commit himself in this memorial to the God of Jesus Christ. When he says, my God and your God, your Mm -hmm. God will be my God. He's that's addressed to Jesus Christ. I, I I read from that context. Um, And I don't think uh, we have, I think that in the sort of the Trinitarian emphasis that, that many theologically minded people uh, feel comfortable with, it doesn't make sense to them to say my God will be, or your God will be my God addressing Jesus. They don't understand that Jesus had a God and, and we're supposed to follow that same God. So that seems, I was uh, I just, just reading it now, I realized that this is kind of face value on this memorial as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's also a sense of, uh, of there's a sense of, of his, uh, well, some of the lines are more, are kind of a statement about God and, and Jesus and, and so on. Some of them are, are, are statements about how he feels. Um, like the third line after the fire says, certitude, certitude, feeling, joy, peace. Down lower, we've got uh, joy, 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 tears of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, towards the bottom, we have renunciation, total and sweet. There's this, uh, I'm not sure how to, describe it exactly but there's a lot going on in this fire right there's this peace and welcome and and confidence and assurance and great and gratitude uh, but there's also this revelation of sin in a way he where he where being in the presence of the fire is being in the presence of your shortcomings as well 
And uh, he talks about how towards the bottom, I left him, I fled him, renounced, crucified. Let me never be separated from him. There's this, yeah. There's there's this jeopardy. There's this, there's this concern about being separated from God forever as a possibility, uh, and it's a serious it's a serious uh, experiential threat in in this memorial. It's all mixed together. It's 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 a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, he experienced something something similar to what Isaiah. Maybe in okay, the very good. Very or good. Jeremiah, yeah. where he says, I am weary of holding the fire of your word within. I cannot, uh, I cannot hold it. I have to speak, I have to share. There's this fire in my bones that wants to be released, or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, I mean, it sounds unbelievable i mean it sounds like we're reading an entry from maybe a monk or some really spiritual person right like brother lawrence or something but it's it's not it's not a monk it's not even someone who was a priest or a pastor it's a mathematician a mathematician a scientist <laughs> who had an experience that just enabled him to tap into the presence of God in a way that undercut the power of rationality or reason. Because you know that this is not him arriving at an experience due to his intelligence or his rationality right? Something happened. Something happened to him. And he was able to experience God like he never experienced God before because of this event. Reminds me of, you know, the other famous quote where they say that the heart has its reasons of which reason knows nothing of, right? Meaning that Intelligence can only get you so far. There is something within us, maybe the irrational or the non-rational, that touches the depths of things, of people, of relationships, of the divine, in this case, it seems. And he ended up becoming a witness to this, to this possibility. It's amazing. Yeah, let me say a little bit about religious experience and in my approach to it. Uh, I've spent a little bit of time in Pentecostal circles, and and uh, I, just from what I've observed, like there's a lot of openness in Pentecostal circles to this sort of religious experience. To and uh, and it's it's maybe it's, it's very valued for people to have this sense of the presence of God in. Um, an emotional sense. And I, and I, I, I think that many times um, church services are designed 
to provoke something along these lines uh, through the way that they do their music and the way that preaching works. And, and uh, in many ways, like many of us are searching for something very much like this if we're in and around a church. Mm. It, it could be even be in a more liturgical setting where, where mm-hmm. the grandeur of the building and the, and the tradition can be, can, can play a similar role of, mm-hmm. of evoking some, some deeper meaning at an experiential level. Uh, and I, so on, when I read this memorial, like it's, it's uh, appealing in a sense to, to think, wow, what would that be like? Do I really, what I, what would I give to experience something like that? Um, but on the other hand, experiential theology, as I understand it, is, is primarily about the character of God as revealed in Jesus Christ and about the manifestation of that character as a power at work in our own conscience and in our own lives. Um, that the spirit of God comes to us first as, uh, as the power to obey and the power to, to love those that God loves, which is actually quite a lot of people. Uh, and, and, and not as the power to, feel these feelings that we read in the memorial now that doesn't mean that these sorts of things don't happen but but when they do they're not the normal christian life and that's why they need to be written down if they matter to you Mm. and sewn into your jacket and Mm -hmm. more or less kept secret (laughs) because there's there in many ways they're for you and mostly for you Mm. And their preparation, perhaps, for the God-forsaken experience that's to come when mm. something is required of you mm. and where certitude and joy are not the words you have to describe mm. your, your moment before God at that time. So, so this, is, uh, this is the sunrise of the Christian life, maybe a, a moment like this, but the day itself can be hard and, and, and much less comfortable. Um, and the sunset itself can be very discouraging. So I think it's important to, to realize that this is part, this is part of the Christian experience for, for some people, um, maybe even for many people, maybe people are more shy about it than, I mean, Pascal was shy about it, but, but there's, but it needs to sort of carry us through the rest, through the other times, um, where we're, which, which don't look like this at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing this. A- anything else that we should hold on to until we record again in about a month? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is eternal life that they know you, the one true God and the one that you've sent, Jesus Christ. That's what that's what we have right in the middle of this memorial. Um, Yeah, one one I guess I'm dragging it out a little bit, but 
one one line that seems to pop out that seems a little different than others is uh he has this line where he says uh, grandeur of the human soul and i that seems out of place i don't quite understand it maybe maybe this experience involved the sense that of being elevated by this communion with god that who is it who is who am i to be to enter into this fire yeah. maybe that's what that could mean i'm not sure makes sense okay maybe we can conclude with this i have one more one more thing to say this this comes from uh hugh ross mcintosh in some of the writing of his that i've worked on uh the the presence of of the holy one is 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 both attractive and kind of repulsive at the same time is that in the presence of the fire we want to retreat because our weaknesses are, are laid bare and we feel that we're going to be destroyed. But the revelation of God in Christ is that, is that God never sends sinners away. That time and again, people find themselves in the presence of Jesus who represents God's character and interests and authority. And they have this sort of woe is me moment in the presence of Jesus. And he doesn't send them away. He, he draws them closer. So, so maybe that partly explains the conflicting and strange things that we see in this memorial. This, this experience of, of the presence of God has this combined, has this sort of, um, it reveals a lot of ugly things about us and it's very painful, but it's also draws us in closer rather than, rather than bidding us to depart. Um, we want to depart in the presence of, of this fire, but it actually calls us to, to stay and to, and to be transformed. That the, the God of Abraham, God of Isaac and the God of Jacob wants to draw people to together and and not to scatter them because they're unworthy sounds great i mean i've never had an experience like this one but i wouldn't mind having one we'll see <laughs> if if i do i'll let you know about it just keep working on those binomial coefficients. You'll get there. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much. Uh, remember, Blaise Pascal, November 23rd. This is our 23rd episode. And we thought we would have a special episode because of this. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Experiential Theology Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and found it helpful. Please rate the podcast in whatever platform you use and share it with whomever you think would enjoy our subject here. You could also leave a voice message by going to anchor.fm backslash experiential theology.